don't waste your energy trying to, you know, trying to attack the individual, right? That person has a 20 million person following, right? Like that following for the most part is going to be loyal to that person. You are, you are nobody to them. Yes. Right. Don't try and kill the individual, right? Kill the principle, kill the concept, right? Attack more that message, not the individual's post or the individual's way of speaking. That was Dr. Jeremy Pester for you. And this is Listen, Learn, Leverage, the podcast focusing on and sharing the human side of some of the best coaches and practitioners in the industry. And I am Ankur Bhattacharji, or Fractal Biomechanics as you know me, and I welcome you all to this podcast. Hey, Jeremy, how are you? Welcome to Listen, Learn, Leverage. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So before we start the episode, if you could introduce yourself to the listeners who do not know you yet. Sure. Uh, So I am Dr. Jeremy Pastor. I'm a physical therapist. I own Game Changer Physical Therapy in Freehold, New Jersey, USA. I guess I have to say the country too, right? Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, physical therapist, uh, sports performance kind of niche, chronic pain niche. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, and Cora and I have, have known each other, I don't know, handful of months, right? Just through the, uh, social media interactions. Yeah. So, Correct. um, yeah, if there's anything specific you'd like me to, to add, let me know. So how did you start? Like, how did you end up what you are today? Uh, as a physical therapist or owning my own business? Your physiotherapy as a physiotherapy student and now owning your own business how did it all start sure so um I consider myself an athlete growing up some people might disagree but um uh I played baseball my whole life I was able to play um baseball at like a, a I'll say low to moderate level d3 um school in Jersey so um I was an athlete most of my life dealt with some you know Knicks and injuries along the way, um, experienced PT as a, as a patient, um, which is a lot of people's story as to how they kind of get into, you know, kind of their interest in the profession. So I can't say that I have a super unique intro. Um, but I kind of knew going throughout, um, just undergraduate bachelor's degree that I wanted to stay on a PT route. Um, went to Drexel university to get my DPT. Um, and, uh, you know, from there, just had a couple jobs, you know, found out what I liked, didn't like, was introduced to a lot of kind of cool people along the way that have helped kind of mold my my thought process and, and helped mentor me along the way. And, uh, you know, just kind of took all my experiences and decided, um, you know, that I wanted to open my own thing in my in my own vision, kind of with my own uh, core values and, and morals and things like that. And, you know, uh, I just kind of put a, a, a 10 year span into a really concise, like four sentence <laughs> summary, but, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it's not a super, super unique, uh, origin story, but, um, but I'm happy where I am today. Yeah. And we have talked about this, your injury during your playing time had a, that was a bad phase of your life and 
it was an impactful moment when this happened. So if you could elaborate on that. I, I, I believe it has a big role to play in the physiotherapist and coach that you are today. Right. Um, yeah, and, and you and I kind of talked about this, which was interesting because I think when we spoke about it, I think just even talking it out made me realize how impactful it was. Um, and, and more so on the, the psychological side of understanding kind of how people cope with injuries and how, um, I won't even say good versus bad, just how the rehab process can help mold how you otherwise uh, feel about like your injury history. So um, when I was, I, I'm pretty sure I was 15. I could be off by um, a year in either direction, but I was 15. Um, at the time, I was still a pitcher slash infielder. Um, and, you know, it was, had a fairly strong arm. I was relied on to kind of pitch pretty frequently. Back then, I say back then as if I'm, I'm 80, but like this was 16 years ago. Uh, there wasn't as much emphasis on kind of some of the things we we look at in terms of just like general preparation, sports performance, things like that. So let's just say, um, you know, day one in the cold weather, I went out and I was throwing as hard as I can off a mound, right? Probably not the most ideal. And, you know, I had a lot of shoulder pain. And, and at the time I was, I was diagnosed, um, you know, rotator cuff tear. I was fortunate to, to not um, be recommended to get surgery. I guess they considered me young enough that I could just, you know, cope with it, rehab. Um, I would consider my uh, rehab efforts at the time to be um, very cooker, cookie cutter, very, um, not that simple is a, a problem, but very, you know, like all shoulders are treated this mm. way. Um, but at the time, you know, my parents, me, like we didn't really know any better. We thought I was told to go to physical therapy. This place is close to my house. Um, and I missed an entire year of, of baseball and, um, you know, was doing exercises that now reflecting on it, looking back, I was feeling things, never knowing if it was a good sensation or bad sensation, if it's what I should have been feeling, was I getting the outcome that I wanted right at the time? All you care about is like, um, am I in less pain and am I able to do the sport that I want to do? Right. Um, and I couldn't even tell you how long I was in PT, but, um, you know, I always from then on kind of like held on to that label of, I tore my rotator cuff. I, I tore a muscle in my shoulder. So for years after that, like all throughout high school, uh, and I was able to come back, I was able to play at a fairly high level. I mean, I think there's probably performance limitations that I never attributed to something that could have been avoided because again, I obviously didn't know the things that I know now. So I always had limitations in my game that I just kind of chalked up to like not being good at something rather than saying it could have been trained. Um, but I do always remember thinking like anytime it'd be hard to kind of warm up my arm. Anytime I had a little bit of pain with throwing, I would, I would latch on to, you know, I tore my shoulder in the past and I don't know that that's the reason it could have been right. But, um, you know, reflecting on that and realizing that my experience definitely molded at least the next, I don't know, like probably close to 10 years of just how I felt about my shoulder as a whole. Anytime there's even a hint of pain in the area in my mind, it's like, well, yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's unavoidable because I, I had this issue when I was 15. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like when we were talking about that uh, last week and I think just speaking it out, I realized like, wow, that 
that really did have like a huge impact on me, um, even away from playing baseball. And now I play like men's softball, right? So similar movement patterns, just obviously way less intense, at least for some people. Um, but like, I mean, in the weight room, it impacted me, right? Playing other sports, just like anything revolving around like my throwing shoulder, I just always attributed to to that history. You being there, like regarding pain and injury. So as a physiotherapist, when you see you see people with chronic pain day in, day out, you, you have been in that in those shoes. So how how does it change you as a physio because people sometimes what happens is we don't understand what that person is going through people who have never been in chronic pain sometimes they they miss that feeling they don't know what it is so you know it sure and and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say this in the way that i'm implying that you have to experience pain to be able to help people right like i hope nobody deals with pain right i don't want people to deal with some of the things that i've necessarily dealt with and in the grand scheme of things, I've been very fortunate where I'm not someone who's had multiple surgeries, right? My, my injuries, my pains, my chronic pains have, have all been addressable things, even if at the time it was like super high level for a short period of time. Um, but I do think that uh, if you are someone who's been through kind of your own, let's just say struggles with pain, whether it's chronic pain, whether it's an athletic injury, whether maybe it is a surgery, I think it really allows you to connect to somebody at a, on a different level because you could understand all the thoughts that are going through their minds, right? And not to say, obviously, everybody has their own way of coping with things, right? So there's, there's always things that you can't necessarily relate to, but, um, you know, you understand exactly what's happening. So uh, I'll, I'll cut myself off right now. My senior year of high school, um, I was pretty much having the, the year of my life playing baseball. Our team was performing really well, which our team hadn't in, in a number of years prior to that. And I sprained my ankle. Uh, I hate even saying this. I sprained my ankle in gym class. Um, and I tell the story to my patients all the time. And it's 100% true. And my friends still rag on me about it because I got hurt literally playing volleyball in gym class. And I missed the rest of my senior year. And then I'm pretty sure we lost every game that I missed the rest of the way. We missed the playoffs because of it. And every time I had to walk past my friends on crutches, they were basically just calling me like gym class superstar. Right. (laughs) So, so I remember in that moment, you know, it's an ankle sprain. You're watching your team play, right. You're in season, you know, you're, you're important to your team success, right. Obviously as, as, the kid yourself you want to play the sport because you enjoy it and all you're wondering is not like how long does it take this tissue to heal what should I do in order to make this better you're just like how do I play right how do I get back on the field as quick as possible right what do I need to do and and that's your only thought right so us as the clinician now we care about a, a lot more than just like okay you're gonna get back when you get back but like no athlete wants to hear that Right. So, so me having experiences like that, although I really wish I didn't definitely allows me to kind of uh, relate to the athlete a little bit more and have a very open, honest conversation where it's like, I, I understand exactly what you care about. Right. And then we, we kind of weigh pros and cons so that hopefully we can kind of have a discussion and work together to decide like what makes the most sense for them. Um, But I've dealt with 
I've dealt with back pain kind of on and off um, throughout my life that when it comes on, it's super high level. Um, and, and that's probably stemming from my weightlifting, I'll say career, not that I actually did it for a job, right? But my, my weightlifting life, right? Um, lifting heavy weights and, and I've had a, a handful of kind of, you know, terrible weeks uh, because of that. So, um, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've dealt with a lot of things that the people that come to see me have dealt with. So I can just, one, I can understand what their description of their pain means, right? Because sometimes I think it's really hard to describe what we're feeling. Uh, and two, I could understand exactly why some things might be hard for them to cope with. Like it might be really hard for someone to, to buy into doing something mm-hmm. if they don't see like immediate results. Yeah. Or it might be super hard for someone to appreciate that, um, there's going to be ups and downs. There's, there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be good days and bad days, regardless of, of how good of a plan is in place. So, you know, it's true of any experience, right? But any experience you have could really help you, um, you know, better help other people. Yep. True. Absolutely. All they care about is how to get out of pain and which is totally understandable. Yeah. Even as clinicians, we know, okay, this exercise does that, this breathing drill does that. But the moment pain starts, pain kicks in, we want to get out of it. All these thoughts and technicalities just goes out of the window. Absolutely. I lit- so it's funny you say that because yet, yeah, yesterday I woke up <coughs> and I couldn't move my neck. Like I just woke up with one of those stingers that like if you move your, your head, your entire upper back just seizes up and it's just sharp pain. And I don't really care to come up with an explanation for why it happened. I haven't been sleeping because my daughter's not letting me sleep. It is what it is, right? Um, All I thought to myself was take a hot shower, get some hot water on it. I popped Advil, which I never do, right? Like I did things. Why? Because I just wanted some relief. Like I know what I need to do long-term, right? I understand my body and I understand there's other influences as to why this might happen. But like in the moment, I was like, I got to go to work. Yeah, I've got I've got to take care of my daughter, right? I've got to do things, right? I, I have responsibilities, and this is true of everyone, right? This yep. isn't just yep. me. This is this is true of our patients too. It's like okay, right now, right. all I care about is being able to move my neck. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like the guy who has been to the intensive and knows the human body so much, sees waves in humans. Still, the and first thought is, <laughs> and the first thought is like warm water. Let me get out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, I don't know. I, I begged my wife to have her dig her elbow into my back. I was like, I don't care. Do anything right now. Yes. As a physiotherapist, as an experienced physiotherapist, what do you think is this physio rehab world is doing wrong? What is going so horribly wrong and how can we correct it or modify it for the better? I think you have different camps. Uh, and what I mean by that is, I think that the battle that people within our industry are trying to take on right now is the wrong battle, meaning, and I don't mean to kind of like put anyone on pedestals, but meaning there's a really good trend within the industry of a lot of people that are trying to think differently. A lot of people that are trying to do really good things that are trying to really dive deep into like understanding how to help people. Right. And they're doing it in a lot of different ways, right? So then you have all these different camps of people that have different thought process, different principles. And I would consider this all great, regardless of whether or not we agree on on specific Mm -hmm. principles, right? The problem is, in my opinion, 
those groups mm. are picking fights with each other. Yep. Because in my mind, the only true issue within the industry is this other camp, right? And this other camp are the, hey, I'm, I'm going to treat you or I'm treating you the second you walk in, not even doing an assessment, right? I'm, I'm treating you based off of the, the script you came in with. I'm seeing you three days a week forever, never changing your program, never progressing your program, never doing anything um, specific towards your goals, right? Like we know what this group is, right? Hmm. And the, the commonality is that everyone thinks they're helping people, right? No one's doing these things maliciously, yeah. right? Everyone's trying to help people. Now, I could argue that maybe um, this group just hasn't been introduced to enough that they, they fully understand how to kind of um, impact pe- people a little bit better. Um, or maybe it is a, a, um, a high volume situation. So they don't have the time hmm. to be able to give the attention to be able to do things more, whatever it is, right. It's avoidable, right? Like people have a choice as to where they work and how they practice and things like that. So, so what I think the real issue in the, the field is, is that, people that actually are willing to put in the work and be next level thinkers are fighting with each other. And they think that they think that one another are the problem, but the only battle that should be happening is trying to educate the masses. So educate the patients, not necessarily that an individual is a problem because they're not right. Each individual physical physical therapist gets into a profession because they want to help people, right? You don't, you don't get into this profession trying to be rich, right? So (laughs) Right. So it's, it's not in, at an individual level. It's, it's more about, um, it's more about the model as a whole, right? It's, it's more about, um, and I'm not even going to say like insurance model, cause I don't think it's insurance that's doing it right. It's, it's the kind of like the corporate model, the, um, the numbers game, the, um, you know, force feeding 45 people in there a day. And then all of a sudden, like, numbers go up quality goes down just based off of how much face time you get with people like that's what we want to educate people on that it's like like this probably is not the best strategy for you so like that's the only thing that i really care to try and uh teach people about right because a lot of people that come to me are the people that you know have tried pt in the past and didn't see the results they want and there's some some very common uh, reports from them as to like what their previous experience was like. Right. So I don't, I don't care about this battle. Right. I don't care about like the social media fights. Mm. I don't, I don't (laughs) care about like, like, no, when you inhale, this happens. It's like, all right, cool. Like, so people are just at different levels of their learning curve. And like, some people are a little bit deeper into certain concepts than others and whatever. I don't, I don't want to get involved in that because this is still happening and this is still happening on a massive scale, mm. at least by me, like every single corner, a place like, like this exists that, you know, is just churning people out, making people feel like they are broken, mm. making people feel like they need 55 sessions and not seeing results. And it's like, just try harder. The, the, you know, this, this mill like, um, practice is, is, mm. is the only real problem in this industry. What can we do? Like to make education. Education is the only thing that we could do because again, I can't even tell you with certainty that there is a right and a wrong. Hmm. Right. What I could do 
is if you're the patient, I can just educate you on, on, in my opinion, based off of my biases, this is what I think you should um, make your decisions based off of, right? It's not saying this person's bad and I'm good. It's saying, hey, these are things to consider. And I actually, you know, I, I just happened to put a post out about this too. It's like, these are things to consider hmm. when choosing your health professional. Yes. Right. Are these things happening? If not, you might be able to work with somebody that is able to be a little bit more specific or a little bit more attention to detail for you. Right. It's not speaking about the specific individual they're going to. It's, it's providing them the inf- information to decide. Now I have this filter to determine, am I going somewhere that's going to really help me reach my goals? Right. And then if the individual, if the patient starts to kind of like migrate towards the places that are willing to give them the time that are willing to Hmm. um, go the next level for them, you take the power away from, from this model. Yep. Right. Because this model is completely powerless if people just choose not to Hmm. go there. So it, it always comes down to education, right? Which is, you know, you just, you spread valuable information. And again, valuable is, is relative, of course, right? right? Yeah. It's, it's subjective. So I, I realized that you, you spread based off of your own experience, you know, valuable information. You try your best to be as um, honest and ethical as possible, um, you know, because it, it's, it's not just like me, 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 right? right? It's like my way is the right way. It's just saying like, hey, use this information to make the, the best decision for yourself. Correct. You started about camps and opinions. So our industry on social media, it's mm-hmm. a different hot topic altogether. <laughs> camps, fights, unfollowing, blocking, everything. That, like a, a circus going on. It's um, high school. It's high school. It, oh. I mean, it's, it's no different. It's just adult high school. Right? Because... I mean, no, I, I cut you off. I, I'll let you finish your question before I go on a rant. So how, yeah. So how do you feel like someone from this industry amid this circus? I could admit that it, if you are, let's say, new to the industry, you're just getting introduced to like what's going on on social media. I would admit it's, it would probably be very hard for people to filter out mm-hmm. what they find valuable. Right. Yep. Um, Cause again, I, I, I'm not going to pretend like I've been doing this 30 years, but I have some experience to be able to, to come up with my own opinions. Right. But my opinions are always going to be biased. Right. So like we, we have to have that level of awareness in ourselves, which just not everyone does anyway. Right. Some people just don't care. Yeah. I think I'm going to try and say this like the most appropriate way possible. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Unfiltered. Well, I mean, because (laughs) unfiltered, you don't want, you don't want me unfiltered. I don't, like, <laughs> without taking names. Yeah. Well, I would never, I would never state names because yep. again, that in order to state names, you would have to imply that you think that your way is right. And this individual yeah. is wrong. Yeah. Right. And it's more about the message that people message. Have. So the way that I look at it is if you could put yourself back in high school, back when we were all, I shouldn't say all, but probably most of us were yeah. immature. Yeah. Right. There were people that you liked and you were drawn to. And sometimes it was due to um, knowing them very well. You guys got along. You had a great relationship. Your families know each other. You spend a lot of time together, right? That's 
a real relationship. There's other people that you were drawn to because for some reason you wanted to be their friend because mm. of what you perceived them to be. Yes. Right. Let's, let's call it like a, a popular crowd. Right. Yeah. Like it's almost like, Oh, I want to be friends with them or like, we don't spend a lot of time together, but like they're, I don't know. Cool. I, I'm not yeah, using yeah, like yeah, really yeah, yeah. technical I've, terms. I've been right? there. I've been there, done that. Yeah. Right. Then there's a group that uh, maybe you don't like, even though you know nothing about them, but your perception of them is that they do things so different than you. And maybe you think they're weird. Hmm. Maybe you think they're, I don't know, any, any other immature descriptive terms that you want. Right. And I'm, I'm putting myself back in high school shoots. Right. So this is the thought that's going through like a 14, 15, 16 year old kid. Right. Yeah. Right. There's, there's, there's no merit to this. So you're drawn to these things. Right. And majority of it is perception and a, and a very low percentage of it is based off of like your experience with that individual. Right. So all social media is, is, is perception, right? Like all you know about person X is what they want you to see yeah yeah right and that's kind of what it's built to be now you superimpose that on top of an industry like ours and now there's there's going to be different uh camps in terms of what people use social media for Hmm. right some people use it to literally just post pictures of themselves and their family right Mm -hmm. they use it from a social aspect and that's right like that's their choice some people use it for marketing Right. So for business, which is, I would say, majority of what I do, I would consider I'm speaking to a specific audience, almost like a marketing strategy. Right. Um, And then some people kind of use it to gain their own following, their popularity, to become famous, for lack of a better word. Right. To entertain. Hmm. Right. And. Not to say that all these are so distinctly different, right? Obviously, you can be in in multiple um, camps at the same time. But the interesting thing is, and I think we we may have talked about this like last week, you don't know what that person's target audience is. So let's say my target audience is, I don't know, uh, patients, Mm. right? And you, as, you know, a, a colleague, look at my stuff and say, wow. Jeremy is really like talking some like super, super simple topics. Like this is not for me. Hmm. It's like, well, okay. But now you're going to, you're going to build your opinion on what I'm saying based off of how it makes you feel. Hmm. But, but in my opinion, my stuff was never created for you as my audience in the first place. Right. So in my example, right. Because it's not like I'm, I'm not being super polarizing in what I do. Like, Hmm it's it's probably not likely to make you dislike me Hmm. but maybe you just might not find my content as Hmm. as um you know you being drawn to my content right but then there's people who make very polarizing statements who want to um you know kind of rattle the cage right Hmm. ruffle feathers um and they're very 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 blunt in who they're talking about what they're talking about and very much like my way is the right way Mm. right which is just going to be more likely to elicit a response from people that Mm. receive it right so there's 
now you break that into two groups. There's going to be people that receive that and go, you know, they're cheering them on like, oh, you nailed them. You just, you said exactly what I'm thinking. I'm so happy that you have the balls to say that. And then they're supporting them. Yeah. And then yeah. the opposite side is you just said this about somebody that I support. I hate you. Right. It's like, yeah. it's literally the political world right now. Right. Yes. 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 <laughs> so it's exactly how politics are going right now. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it's one extreme or the other, right? Like not enough people kind of live in this gray where they could just kind of put things into the right context, kind of understand like, it's okay if that message isn't for me. Like I don't need to follow this. I don't need to consume this information. I don't need this to take my energy away. I'm not going to say that I don't, kind of fall into the habit of you know every once in a while seeing things that like definitely get my blood boiling like I'm not immune <laughs> to that of course right but like we have that choice yeah we but, have people, a choice. But, but sometimes right emotions win right yeah. and emotions cause people to have a very specific response so um you know I, I just think that for for anyone new that's coming into it that's that's mm-hmm. looking at this and saying like I don't know what's right what's wrong I would just say like then it's not your, um, I guess your medium or your, your, uh, your, your resource. It shouldn't be your main resource to try and learn then, even though I do think there's a, there's a lot of valuable information on it. Right. So I I don't fully agree that you can't learn things from what you find on social media, but if you, if you end up just feeling like it's overwhelming and then it's like, there's all this stuff, it's like, okay, so then don't use it. Yeah. Correct. Not don't use it for yourself, but don't use it as your means to learn, hmm. right? Put yourself out there, learn a bunch of different things. And then through experience and through your own opinion, your own bias, decide what makes sense to you and what, yes. what works for you. Right. So um, yeah, it's hard, right? Because I think that I was coming up probably right before this started to blow up. So I was able to get a little bit of experience before kind of getting thrown into this type of dumpster fire. Um, so it all kind of comes down to timing, but at this point, you know, I, I have a pretty good idea of like yeah. things I don't really value yes. as much. Yeah. And then I just choose to not consume it. Same. I mean, as a beginner, it can be pretty overwhelming who is, who, who is saying what, and wh- whose ideology is what. And then when you spend some time learning about these people and the content slowly, you can filter down to, okay, this is what. I'm going to do, I'm going to follow because this is what I'm going to do in my life as well. So there's absolutely no need to follow something else and get my blood boiled or <laughs> spend my energy on. Right. So I, the second somebody starts to talk about someone specific, I, I tend to kind of turn off. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, because then to me, I, I'm thinking to myself, like, what am I, what am I what am I allowing myself to consume? Like, Hmm. like, what is this? It's reality TV now, right? Like, it's just, it's just not my intention of what I care to consume, you know, on that type of resource. Um, So it's, yeah, I don't know. On on that note, we discussed a very interesting thing is that kill the idea, not the person. So if you could talk in reference to social media, our industry. So, all right. So I, I hope I don't get yelled at for sharing this information, but the, the timing of when I was taught this um, was a really interesting time in the country. So I felt like if I were to 
shorthand it and kind of quote what we were talking about, it would have always been taken the wrong way. Um, but basically, the concept was like, if you see something that you really disagree with, with reason, right, not just out of emotion, and you think that maybe it's, it's not the best information to be spread to the masses, and maybe mm. someone has this huge following, and they're spreading all this stuff. The concept was, like, don't waste your energy trying to, you know, trying to attack the individual, right? That person has a 20 million person following, right? Like that following for the most part is going to be loyal to that person. You are, you are nobody to them. Yes. Right. Don't try and kill the individual, right? Kill the principle, kill the concept, right? Attack more that message, not the individual's post or the individual's way of speaking. So it was like, it was basically phrased to us. Don't, (laughs) man, uh, don't just kill one of them, kill them all. (laughs) Right. And when you take that out of context, it sounds very bad, but it's more about, right. Like don't try and just like attack one person. Hmm. Right. Talk about what that person's talking about just in the way that now you want to, have that information portrayed so that's that's the context behind yeah don't just don't just kill one kill them all uh definitely not meant to be taken literally do not kill anyone (laughs) (laughs) thanks for the there's there's a select there's a select few people that know exactly what i'm talking about with uh with that (laughs) statement though what happens is people there are some very big names whose content I really disagree with. I don't follow them, but then I see the people I follow make reels, videos, trolling those people. I mean, so much of time and effort spent on trolling another person. And you think that your following base will laugh at it and and they will enjoy, wow, you're a tug life and and, like you're a troller or something like that. On the grand scale, of things i think it's that popular guy who is benefiting it all like he's getting more exposure (laughs) that's all that's happening his following is not decreasing i i i agree with what you're saying what my thought process is is what is most likely to get more clicks more likes right is it some person telling you the scientific explanation for where the world comes from, or is it, right, like uh, a crying baby meme, (laughs) right? So we have the, like, let's be real, like we are the most super or like a simple-minded species there is, right? (laughs) So also remember the things that get engagement tend to not necessarily be educational based right it's the polarizing stuff it's the stuff that stands out it's the stuff that elicits some type of argument on one side of the coin versus the other Mm. right like it's it's entertainment gets more information that's why the entertainment business is as lucrative as it is right and teachers get paid shit right (laughs) right like let's just be real yeah so Again, as the individual, it is on you to decide why are you using, let's, hmm. we'll use Instagram as the example. Why are you using Instagram? Hmm. And if, if some people want to get caught up in that and, and that's 
that's what drives them, then that's fine. You don't need to consume it. <laughs> yeah, correct. But the thing that shocks me till date is the highest liked image on Instagram is that of an egg. Oh, I believe it. I believe <laughs> it. We are, we are just flat out dumb as, as humans. I, I'll put myself in that, right? Like, I am yeah. not talking about other people. We are, we are stupid. We, we just, we just care about dumb things yeah. and there's not a single one of us. There's not a single one of us that has never been caught just like at the end of the day doing yeah. this. Yeah. Right. And you're like, you don't even know what you're consuming. You're just like, at some point you'll stop for a second because something caught your eye mm. and then you'll keep going. Yeah. Yeah. It, we've, we've all done it. Right. Like there's I mean, I'm pretty sure there's even like a Netflix series about how it's actually designed to be mm. addictive. Right. Yep. yep. So like none of us are immune to it, but just you need to have that level of awareness of yourself to reflect yes. and just be like, what, what am I actually doing here? Fear of missing out or FOMO, as they say. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Today on social media, we have this abundance of mentors. <laughs> Mm-hmm. abundance like th- th- there's no scarcity <laughs> but we know the actual scene of what's happening as so- someone who is just beginning to learn some new concepts or principles or about the human body how would you a- advise that person that new coach or physio to navigate through all this bs marketing stuff that goes on because those mentors who throw like big words it's all ctrl c plus v they have zero experience of that in their real life yet they're teaching as if wow i know so much well because they're taking advantage of a market yeah right it's it's supply and demand right now a lot of people like being able to consume a lot of information from home because everything went virtual over over quarantine and now things are staying virtual and now we're realizing like oh we have access to a lot of things at home we don't always need to travel across the country to go to like a a one-day course right so it's definitely a lot of people taking advantage of different ways to to make money um what i'll say is and and i have friends that have these mentor mentorships so it's i've reflected on this a couple times because i think there are times where i've spoken very bluntly about it and and then i've reflected and realized that i don't even know that i fully agreed with like how i just vented but my 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 big I won't even say issue. I think that the way that you resolve it from the consumer standpoint is by having a very clear expectation of what you expect to get out of these things. Because at the end of the day, it's information, right? And what it is, is you're choosing whether or not you trust the individual, excuse me, the individual that's running whatever mentorship group it is as being someone that you value to be able to provide information for you that you want to then use in your career. Now, the biggest um, gap in, I think, uh, how people may present their information is that, and this is my opinion, so I'm going to mm. preface that, there is no end game to mentorship, mm. right? Sure. Because like, they're, they're just, once you kind of use that word, and I understand that this is completely just semantics of vocabulary, right? <laughs> I understand that, right? I, I get that. But like, once you throw that word out there, there is no end game. So in my opinion, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, though it could be um, in the greatest 
organization. It could be great information. Like if you are portraying that as being a mentorship, then you are essentially implying that at the end of whatever that duration is, you got it right. Like you have everything that I could provide for you. Hmm. Um, And I think that it comes down to, again, as the consumer, you have to have the appropriate expectation. Now, if you just, again, semantics, if you just cross out the word mentorship and put the word course. Yes. Much better. I think it's great. I think there's, there's thousands of courses, right? Probably, I don't even, I can't put a number on it, right? There's endless courses, all of different quality, all teaching different things, all definitely going to be biased by who the presenter is, which is appropriate. But now the expectation from the individual is, okay, I'm taking this, Hmm. you know, even if it's 10, 12 weeks, whatever, I'm taking this over the next couple months to Hmm. gather information. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to try and gather more information from somewhere else. And, And I just... I, I, I realize that some people don't even, they're not giving it that level of thought when they're creating their product, hmm. right? They're, they're packaging it in a way that they think somebody else is going to want to consume, hmm. right? And again, no one's making these things thinking that they're not providing valuable information, right? Hmm. So again, it's, it's, always, it's not malicious, Hmm. but it, it comes down to the expectation because how many people leave these things saying to themselves, I'm more confused than when I started. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> because your expectation was that you weren't going to be. Yeah. Correct. Right. Your expectation was that you were going to be an expert in something that, you know, <laughs> we, we spend years even trying to grasp. And then as we're trying to grasp it, we're it's evolving and we're learning kind of yes. new ways to right? Like, yep. Like, it's, it's always happening concurrently. There is no finite, like, I don't know this. I know this. Mm. So I think that anytime you kind of put an end date on something, it subconsciously makes somebody believe that like, okay, I'm getting towards the end of this course. I've got it all. Yeah. And now I just need to spend more time with it. It's like, I don't know. So like, that's, that's my own opinion. Now, if there was now, if you flip it, right. And now I want to, I, I want to um, kind of defend the people that do the mentorships. Cause I think I spent a lot of time on the opposite side of the coin from a business standpoint, right? It's I'll say rare, not impossible, but it's probably hard to sell a group mentorship with an indefinite um, length of time that people are going to spend with you. Right. Mm. Like very few people are going to sign up for uh, being one of, 30 people, right, for life, right? So now you have to understand, like, from the business aspect, they, they create an end date because then we'll get a new group. We'll get a new crop of people, and then we'll sell them on this, right? And then, you know, so I, I understand the business side of things. I just think that, like, it, the reason why there's so much – um anger or debate over whether it's valuable or not just comes down to communication and expectations. Mm, correct. Right. Like this stuff's hard. Cause I'm, I know that we're talking about like the, the concepts that, you know, that we talk about, right. The principles that we talk about, not that it doesn't happen in, in kind of other models. Right. But this stuff's hard, right. Like, so it would, it would help to have continuous mentorship, right. Mentorship is valuable. Like the mm. information that they're, they're, um, that they're receiving in these mentorships are still valuable, mm. right? 
It's just, again, like sometimes maybe how it's packaged might not be the most efficient for that person. Yeah. People enter it thinking that, okay, in this 12 weeks, I'm going to learn a lot and then my career will change. And suddenly it ends. They start working with the client and then a simple breathing drill. They cannot cue it. The client doesn't get results. And then like, oh, this shit, I'm going to six packs and muscle building fat loss again. So, <laughs> right. And, and again, part of that definitely has to be on the consumer, right? Part of that fault definitely has to be yep. placed on the person signing up for the course or mentorship or whatever you want to call it. Right. Like we can't just necessarily blame the person that's selling it, but I, I have such a, in my opinion, unique set of core values that like, I am disgustingly honest with how I, um, with how I kind of like sell my services to people. Like I tell them exactly what they can expect. And I tell them when I don't know something, Hmm. right? Like I am okay with saying, I don't know, or uh, how long is this going to take? I have no freaking clue, but right. And then I, (laughs) you know, like, so, so like the way that I'm going to respond to something is kind of like, like, was this not said to you? Like, like, no, that is not what you're going to get in these 12 weeks, but you're going to get a lot of valuable information and, you know, so on and so forth. So it's got to be on the consumer to want to have the right expectation to go into this thinking like, I'm, I'm signing up for this with this specific, specific intention, yeah. right? I, I hope to get a lot of valuable information, but like, it's not the end of the world. If I'm not a finished product after that, it's up to the person that's selling it to really push that message yes. and not just accept everybody because also yeah. like right like in in my clinic i don't accept every patient there are patients that are not appropriate for me even if my schedule allows that i mm. fit another patient in right i have like a, a free consult process mm-hmm. that everybody goes through and it's not just a selling tactic Right. It's not just like, let's see if we're a good fit. And then everybody magically is a good fit. Right. Because <laughs> again, right. Because everybody is being taught, everyone's being taught how to sell shit right now. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know if you're allowing cursing, but yeah. right, like every, everybody is being taught like the same exact way how to sell themselves. But it's yeah. for some people, I'm not going to group everyone. For some people, it could just be dishonest. So like, if you actually have a way to filter out, are you appropriate for the information that I'm providing you right now? Or would you benefit from getting a little bit more experience and foundational stuff and, and, and background? And then, Hey, maybe down the road, this will be a little bit more impactful for you. That would help people too. But if we're, again, if we're playing the volume game, right. It's the same exact issue that I said occurs in our field, right? The issue isn't with all these different, trains of thoughts with the people that are next level thinkers. The, the, the issue is over here where, you know, we're, we're seeing low quality because of how high volume they're flooding their, their, mm-hmm. um, uh, their clinics. Right. So it's no different when we're talking about education, right? Like if someone is signing up for mentorship and they're one of, I'm going to exaggerate just for the sake of not picking on anyone. And they're one of like a thousand people. Who is getting mentored as one of a thousand people? It's a marketplace. That's right. Right. <laughs> like it's just. But but, but how, so as a uh, new it's an guy, new guy coming in, how do like you know? Okay, uh, this guy running a program valuable because this guy is experienced. I know this guy. This guy is a parrot, straight up fraud. How do? How would you advise a new guy? Okay, go to this person because that would provide more value rather than this parrot 
who just only CTRL C plus V? Um, I honestly would tell people like, don't be afraid to make a mistake. Hmm. What's the worst thing that happens if you sign up for what you're perceiving to be the wrong person's course? Just money loss. That's it. But still, you get some information. Right. Right. Money loss. So something was said to me a really long time ago, and I don't remember who said it, so I can't give him credit. But like, if you go to like a weekend course, right, any weekend course, right, you want to get your CEUs, right, whatever, or you mm. just want to do it for educational purpose. If you leave that like 15, 16 hour course with one valuable thing, then it was useful. Hmm. Right. One valuable thing over 16 hours of like a lot of information. And that's regardless of the quality of what you perceive to be the quality of the course. Right. Uh, So like, I think we're also lying to ourselves if we're saying that you can't take something valuable away from that experience. Right. We're just getting into the really, really slippery slope of comparing everyone to each other. Hmm. Right. Like why? And, and um, it's funny, you could actually relate this to like professional sports, but like, why do we only talk in extremes? Someone's either like the best at what they do hmm. or someone is useless. Yeah. <laughs> we only talk in extremes, right? In professional sports, like this quarterback is elite. Hmm. This guy should be benched. <laughs> like, right. Like we just talk in extremes. So like, it's okay if there's a course out there hmm. that you decide, like, I want to take this because I want to just see what they have to say, hmm. you know, if I'm able to financially afford it, right. Everyone's that's, you know, specific to the individual. Right. But it's like, okay, you could also take something else that you perceive to be better. It doesn't make that last person like terrible at what they do. It just, <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. Right. It's, it, it's emotions. Right. And I think that part of it is the social media that is creating the emotion like that's that's compounding the emotion as to how you um, kind of how you reflect on, on and how you um, interpret kind of your own feelings about something. Right. Like I, it's 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 an interesting time to be in this field. I'll tell you that much. Right. Yes. Because <laughs> like I've taken I've taken a shoulder continuing ed course and the only reason I took it was because it was um essentially free to me because we were hosting it where I was working at the time Mm. and like you know I would if I reflected on it I would say that like the entire course was like not (laughs) the the highest Mm. level thinker Mm. right like but you know, do I walk around the rest of my life saying like that person's a terrible PT? <laughs> like, like, do I go on social media and, and like quote that course and say, don't ever sign up for this course? No, like it was an experience. Like I'm, I may have even taken something away from that and not even remember that it was from that course. Right. Uh, or maybe it's, maybe it's someone you met from that course. Maybe it was an experience. Hmm. Maybe yeah. it was, maybe it's some, it's learning something that you now know you don't believe in. Cool. Right. Excluding something from your education is also valuable to push yes. your education forward. Yes, yes, yes. But again, people don't reflect. People respond emotionally. Right? I must say I must say my eyes opened up after this. Now I can think logically regarding this. Yes, I did benefit not from the course but actually from something outside that. I did. Benefit. Yeah. Thanks man. So it's valuable. It is valuable. You just might not 
um, weigh that value as heavily as maybe you're valuing what you're getting from something else, right? From a different ah. course or different mentorship, right? Yes. Yep. Now in the moment after that specific course on Sunday, I probably went home and thought to myself, I am never getting that 15 hours back, right? <laughs> like those 15 hours are gone forever. And I learned nothing, right? Like it, it, in that moment, I probably responded like, damn, I just wasted my weekend. Mm-hmm. But then like, you just, as you experience things and as you do your best to be less of an angry person, yeah. like <laughs> you just realize like, what are we talking about? Yeah. What are, what are we doing? <laughs> like, like, what are we doing? <laughs> what would you have invented in the, in that weekend either? <laughs> right. Like what would have made that weekend life-changing for you? <laughs> I'm sorry. There's limitations in everything. Correct. Right. Like there just is. So coming to your newborn daughter, mm-hmm. how like put it in words, I know it's like beyond words, but put it in words, your firstborn, the mo- the first moment you see the baby and you touch that baby, like if you can put it in words. Well, I was standing in the corner facing the wall um, to, <laughs> because I was not holding a leg. I was not cutting the cord. I, I do not like blood. I do not like mm hospitals hmm. so I was sitting in the corner like a loner um, but then when she came out I saw her and it was definitely probably the most unique experience that you could possibly ever have and it's hard to put into words hmm. but I was happy it was over I think I was like empathizing with my wife because I'm like oh thank god that you know the screaming's done. Yeah. <laughs> like, but at the same time, this this didn't happen in the moment. But like now all of a sudden you realize like, oh shit, like we've been waiting nine months, right? Mm. Give or take. Now she's here. And now it's like, she's here. Yes. yes. She's not going anywhere, right? Like, like she is, she is finally here. This is literally what we've been waiting for. And then it's like, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to put into words. It's like, it's like excitement, fear, uh, a lot of tired. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's been great. I mean, we we're definitely very fortunate that our process was as like, mm. you know, mm. uh, uneventful as possible in a positive way. Right. Um, you know, not everyone has that, that same experience. So we were able to enjoy it and we were able to, um, you know, having my own business I was able to take time off and, and mm. things like that so definitely able to enjoy the best we can but it's uh yeah it's it's, it's hard to put into words mm. and I'm not really mm. like a very emotional person to begin with so I can't really find the right words to express it but definitely life-changing and your wife is a working lady how do you guys decide like who's gonna take care of which duty what responsibility is like given to you and what responsibility she takes care of how is that divided um, well, I like to joke with people that I just pretend to be sleeping at all times <laughs> so that anytime she's crying, my wife just gets her. Um, that's only partially true. Uh, <laughs> dep- depends on what time of the night it is. Um, my wife was able to take like the first three months off. Um, so she was home with the baby. I kind of juggled my schedule around to be able to help. And we also have like both um, both parents of ours uh are able to help so we we do have a good amount of help but otherwise like responsibilities are like someone's got to do it yeah you know like 
she's crying. Like someone's got to help. She's got to be changed. Like someone's got to do it. So, um, you know, you just got to communicate. It's true of anything, right? Like communicate, make sure you're on the same page, make sure you know what the schedule is. So, you know, if someone is busy with something, you can kind of seamlessly, uh, pick up with it. Um, I don't know. It's ever evolving, right. Especially at like this young age. Cause like Grace's schedule, Grace, my daughter, like her schedule is always changing. Like her, her temperament's always changing. Like what she needs is always changing. So we, we just, you gotta be able to adjust on the fly. Mm. Um, and I don't know, it's I'm not going to pretend like it, it's easy, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My so wife, what, my wife's a, a rock star. So she, she yeah. does a lot. Oh, so what has being a parent taught you like, in this few months? What have you learned? Um, I think I've learned how much how time do, we how, waste. Ah, and how to survive uh, on less sleep. Well, I was never a great sleeper, but, oh. um, <laughs> but I would say like, definitely like just how much time is typically wasted in a day where you're either just not being productive or you're just, oh. I don't know, consuming, watching TV or um, whatever it is, right? Because now it's like, you notice every single time you're starting to try and be productive where you get interrupted and you're like, wow, there's just not a lot of mm. downtime in the day. Um, something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, as I guess sometimes like in, in a just honest way, like you realize maybe how like selfish you always lived. Yes, yes. Right, like, not not in like a negative way, but just in like you only had to worry about yourself or if you're in a relationship, only yourself and your significant other. So, you know, like it's eye opening sometimes because sometimes you'll, you'll get frustrated that like, oh, she's crying again. But it's like, OK, like your time is not only yours anymore. Yeah. Like that's that's OK. Right. That's a choice you made by, by right. deciding to have a kid. So exactly. I think I think that that's interesting. Um so, so Otherwise, did, you, did you go through go through those light bulb moments where like, ah, oh, now I understand how much my parents love me because I always oh, took, it for, took it for granted. Now I understand because I'm going through the same right now. No, I realized how much of a pain in the ass I always been. <laughs> that's, that's what I noticed because I, I don't know, just historically, not, not with my daughter, just historically, I'm not known for my patience. I am <laughs> not a super patient person. I'm fairly blunt. I kind of just, I'm honest. I tell you how it is. Like I, I, I'm not like, I don't know. Um, I think, uh, <laughs> I think that my parents definitely had a lot of patience with me growing up. Mm. Um, so that's the one thing, not that I ever didn't know that, um, but that's probably the one thing that really stands out to me. And also I was a third of three, hmm. right? So my oldest brother's five years older than me. And then there's one between us. So at the time when I was born, they also had a five-year-old and like a three to four-year-old. So I'm thinking about like, what is easy or hard about having a three month old. And I'm thinking to myself, like, hmm. what if you had two other kids running around being jerks and you've got, <laughs> <laughs> right. Then you've got this new jerk that just came out. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I, more power to anyone that has multiple kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> coming to that, like you have two brothers, two elder brothers. So one is a doctor the, in med- medicine field and the second is 
professional poker player, the most interesting out of the three, and third is you. I would want the listeners to, <laughs> to know about your second brother <laughs> because this guy is a legend. <laughs> When I think about it, what you told me last week, this shit. Yeah, um, it's it's like an ongoing joke between my brothers and I that you've got a medical doctor, you've got a doctor PT, but like everyone only ever cares about like the the kid that plays poker for a living. Um, though I could admit that it is very interesting and not. um common profession mm-hmm. that you hear about right when you talk about these things um you know he uh he lives an interesting life that's that's kind of the best way to put it you know he uh he's been doing it since he was i want to say like maybe 16 17 um now he's in his mid 30s so you know he finds a way to make it work he he works it like a job so he you know goes online plays a couple hours in the morning he's able to obviously work from home um you know it's interesting is the best way to put it i mean not everyone yeah. is cut out for it but uh yeah. it's definitely not your your typical 9 to 5 type of job yes so how did how did it all start for him <laughs> and and regarding uh, career choices because parents always want their kids to be secure making a good name for themselves like okay medical doctor physiotherapist fine what did they tell him while he was making that choice and when did they get convinced that okay let let him do what he wants so he started when he was a teenager he would i think he was working at like a, a grocery store at the time uh and he would play online tournaments late at night and we would wake up mm. um you know my brothers and I all of our rooms were kind of like side by side and we would wake up and we would walk out his door would be closed and there'd be a lined piece of paper on the outside of his door saying like don't wake me up i called out of work fell asleep at whatever 6am and then underneath it would be like i made this much money last night and it would just be an amount right and So, you know, it happened like once or twice and, you know, we're laughing and we're like, "Oh, wow, that's pretty good money." All right. I guess we'll let him sleep. Um, and you know, my parents were always kind of like make sure you're not being reckless with this, like this isn't a living, all this stuff, right? And he was still a teenager, so I don't think they I don't think they expected this to be hmm. long term. Yeah. So anyway, every single time we'd go to sleep, we'd wake up looking for that lined piece of paper. Eventually, he's like, "I don't really want to bag groceries anymore because hmm. I'd rather just work on this." Hmm. Uh, he he still went to college and in college like he was playing poker on his laptop in class. Like he, you know, he he worked it like a job and and he was making a very good living even more so as a as a college student. Hmm. And I remember him at the time wanting to leave school early because he just thought like his degree wouldn't add to what he mm. needed and you know i think my my parents would tell you that they were always skeptical but when he was kind of showing them like the amount that he was making in a year they were like how do we argue this right like <laughs> right all we want is for him to be successful he's proving to be successful he yeah. has a good head on his shoulders he has a plan like he's not like it's not gambling right mm. but it, but you know obviously it's not um a common profession so like they kind of got to the point where they're like i can't tell you not to do this because you're yeah. successful in it but just do me a favor and just finish your 
finish out your school, like finish your degree. Hmm. So they agreed on that. And ever since then, it's like, he's still doing it. And, you know, like, it's just, it's, it's as ridiculous as it sounds. I'm just really used to telling the story. Um, you know, no one cares that my brother and I are doctors. <laughs> no one, no one is impressed that I have a business. <laughs> no one. Everyone just wants to know if Jason has like a tournament coming up. That's it. And I just, I just accept it at this point. <laughs> Take the $10, make it $50. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, the amount of friends that have said like, oh, could Jason, if I give him a hundred bucks, could he turn it into a million? It's like, oh, why does he want your money? Like, if he, he doesn't need your money, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, the amount of times I got jokes like that, that eventually I just told people like, go away. Please leave me alone. <laughs> so now it's time for the rapid fire round or the fractal oh, no. fire round. <laughs> fractal fire round. One skill that you want to improve, personal life as well as professional life? Time management. Mm. Oh, both. Okay. Oh, you said rapid fire, so I just, yeah. I fired. Oh, cool, cool. Like personal, professional, both. Okay. Everything. One book, one movie, one person, the most influential from each category in your life. One book? Um, you have to choose one. Just because it's the first one that came to mind, I'll say Relentless. Hmm. Um, I believe Tim Grover. Hmm. Um, one movie. I don't, I don't really like, I, I watch movies for, for entertainment. Oh. So I can't really say anything's like impacted my hmm. life from a movie. Uh, and what was the other one? Uh, one person. One person. Man, that's unfair. <laughs> that's rapid yeah. fire. Yeah, rapid fire totally slowed down. No, no, it's a pink. I mean, for, if, if we're talking professionally, I'll give that one to Bill Hartman. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, you gotta... I understand. Gotta give him his dues. One incident that changed your entire perspective of looking at life. An incident that changed perspective on life. Wow. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm slowing down. This, this whole... <laughs> it's okay. This fractal fire thing I'm, I'm failing at. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not like a really profound person. I mean, obviously having a daughter was, was super impactful. Getting married was super impactful. Starting a business was super impactful. Um, like a lot of things have happened, but like, I don't know. I just kind of go with the, the punches. So I don't, I don't know that I've ever, I'm more of that person that reflects rather than like all of a sudden something happens and it's like this like huge light came on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had multiple, in my opinion, near-death experiences. Uh, revol- I'm, I'm being partially joking when I say this, but oh. not fully. Okay. But revolving around uh, flights, I was on a cruise, multiple things that if I look back on it, I'm like, wow, that was a lot closer to death than I realized in the moment. Um, so, <laughs> so I would always, it's not an ongoing joke that I just really hate flying to an irrational degree. Um, so every once in a while, I'll think about that and be like, I've really dodged a lot of bullets. But um, on like a personal side, yeah, I'd say like, you know, getting married, having a kid. Mm. That's impactful, your, right? Your your biggest fear? Flying. 
<laughs> Done. That's easy. Done. You, your most prized possession. Oh, my daughter. Is that a possession? <laughs> Was that just like the, the worst rapid fire answer that she, that she considered a profession? Is that a dependent? Years later when she listens to this, like, I'm a possession. Yeah. Free me, free me. Like, <laughs> yeah, hopefully no one takes that the wrong way. Yeah. And your definition of success and happiness. My personal definition of success would be having flexibility to do what I want when I want. Mm. Um, whether that's uh, time or financial. Mm. Um, and happiness is, you know, looking back 30 years from now and not regretting mm. um handling things in a different way hmm. right like what i don't want is for by chasing the first thing by chasing the financial and, and freedom of time to make to make me miss things that i'll regret hmm. you know 30 years from now so uh i think it's a good question though because i think that everyone's perception of success is different um so i think that you just need to judge based off of like the things that you care about personally. Right. Describe life in one word. Um, complex. What is the most important thing in a relationship? Communication. How would you define love? Define it. I would say unconditional, selfless, honest, um, and just putting someone else before yourself okay so here's the end of the rapid fire round and before i let you go there will be two final questions for you the ending questions and the first question is as an industry senior what would you advise to someone like me um i wouldn't consider myself a senior yet but maybe maybe more slightly than... more experienced than you exactly um question everything Question everything and everyone, even the people that you value, mm. right? Because questioning somebody is not disrespectful, right? It's just, it's, it's allowing you to ask the questions that you care to have answered, mm. right? Um, so be skeptical, um, but uh, from, a biz- uh, from a professional standpoint, like just maintain like integrity and honesty and, you know, don't don't sell out and don't change what you decide are your core values based off of something that might, uh, that you might deem to be useful in getting yourself successful, Hmm. right? Be honest, be honest with yourself first, right? Because, um, just, just don't like conform to what someone else tells you is, is their meaning for successful. Hmm. And the second question is, what's your major life learnings till date? And how do you intend to move on from here? Um, I, I honestly, I think that what I can't allow happen and what I think, in my opinion, people shouldn't allow happen is to believe that things that just don't matter matter more than they actually do. Meaning... I don't care about being famous. Hmm. I don't care about being well-known, right? Like that is not my goal in life. 
So something like social media should not have any weight over mm. how I view my own value or my own success. Right. Mm. So like my goal is to build my business to allow for my own time and financial freedom to set up my family, right. To allow for, um, you know, everything that we discussed before. Mm. So to not allow other things to kind of, um, um, create hurdles. Yeah. To, to interfere and make you think that those things matter more than they do. Like that's the only thing that matters, mm-hmm. right? You know, like you care about providing something maybe to your community that, that could value you, but like, you know, having whatever 2000 followers versus mm-hmm. having 50,000 followers. If the other 50,000 people are people from Kentucky, Argentina, Canada, not to, you know, not to say that they're not valuable Mm. people, right? But it's like chasing something like that is arbitrary. It's, you know, it's not impactful on on my life. So kind of keeping the goal to goal and and Mm. just remembering the things that actually have value in your life. Unless you do online business. Right. Unless that is something that otherwise is needed for you to succeed right like but again like that's specific to the individual right Right. you know i'm married i have a house i have a daughter i have a dog it's like those things matter first Mm. i need a level of success in these other things to allow for us to be able to do the things that we want right Mm. but don't chase something at the detriment of the things that really matter is really hmm. the main point. Don't give weight to things that don't deserve the amount of weight that you're giving it. That's, that's deep. That's correct, man. It was a fantastic chat. Really enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Opened my eyes in that mentorship thing. Thank you. It's okay, man. Just, Thanks. just remember like y- you always, you can have your immediate response to things, which can be one thing, and it's probably driven by emotion. Just reflect down the road and look back on it, and don't just think what other people tell you to think. If if I tell you hate this person, don't listen just because you might value my opinion, right? Like, have you, you know, come up with your own yeah opinions. Like, if yeah. God, we yeah, that's <laughs> we, we could talk another three hours about that that <laughs> conversation. But thanks, man. Like a uh, lovely chat, and hope to catch up soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as Jeremy and I did. I thank you for your time. Feel free to reach out to both of us on Instagram. Our profile IDs are shared in the episode description. See you later and have a great day.